Have you lost that love and feeling? Listen as the gals explore how to bring it back. Welcome to Holy Fuck. Holy Fuck. Holy Fuck. Two gals on the prowl for enlightenment, sex, and all things holy. Holy Fuck. Each week, beauty alchemist and transformational coach and speaker, Catherine McClellan, and spiritual healer and life coach, Krista Kim, discuss navigating spiritual consciousness in a real human body. Stumbling through dating, relationships, and everyday life, all while maintaining a fucking sense of humor. Well, this is a juicy topic. (laughs) Hey, Catherine, I can't wait to hear some juice. (laughs) Hey, Krista. Nice to hang out with you today. I know. I was thinking about you the other day because I was like, wow, like we really you know, through all the stuff, we really haven't seen each other, hugged each other, nothing. And like, I don't know, how long has it been? Eight months? It's insane. At least, yeah, February? Yeah. That's insane. Miss you. (laughs) I know. I miss you in person. Just think we could be like in anywhere right now and we'd still be able to do this. So that's the good news, the upside, as we like to say, of the downside. So yeah, we got a hot little topic today. How do we reclaim the love and feeling? So what we're talking about is the difference between being in a relationship with someone where you feel in love and all that juicy deliciousness of in love. Mm, I love that feeling. Yeah. Cultivating <laughs> that and uh, versus when you're in a relationship and you're kind of, yeah, I love you. You're my best friend and I love hanging out with you and... We're going to go here and go here, and maybe we'll go to the swap meet, and we'll go—no, I'm just kidding. But when we, we start hanging out with our partners in a way that where the romance and the deliciousness um, can get lost, and I think everyone can relate to that. Yeah. And we're, we keep thinking of that song that keeps going through my head. <laughs> what is that? It's lost that love and feeling, ooh, and love. Yeah, something like that. Bring it back. Bring it back. It's gone. So So, the the fallacy is that you can't get it back. People say, oh, once I lose it, I can't get it back. I got to move on. There's a million songs about that. Like, I just don't feel it anymore. You know. I mean, yeah, what we're talking about is like there's a difference between being in love and then loving someone. Yeah. And the being in love is that delicious, juicy interest and I don't know, you just got to be kind of close and you want to do things for them and you want to be with them and you want to touch them. and But that requires... It requires... Loving them. That's it, the tricky part. It's like, but not loving... I, I don't know. I was like kind of, um, you know, I'm in the juicy phase. And, you know, this juicy phase, you don't get to experience that many times in life, right? And yeah, which what you, I'm saying is you are so wrong about that, because if you keep <laughs> your focus on it, you can keep it going. Okay, well, and so I've been in mostly long-term relationships my whole life, and so my old thinking is, ah. here we go, you get to have that juicy, delicious, exciting part of the relationship for a certain amount of time. And then comes the work, and then comes the routine, and the the chores, and the shopping, and and then possibly kids, and all that type of stuff. Do you? Do you and, I got to stop you because I got to ask you one quick thing. 
Do you remember uh-huh. the little nursery rhyme? Chris uh-huh. and Mr. Right here right now, sitting in a tree. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. First comes uh-huh. love, then comes marriage, then comes the baby in the baby carriage, right? And then comes therapist, and then comes <laughs> drinking, and then, <laughs> and then, then comes the affairs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that's true what you just said about the affairs. It's like none of that would happen if the loving feeling mm. was still staying present. So what we want to tell you guys, we want to talk about today, you guys, you gals, is, okay, sometimes it does happen that we start to lose that feeling. Grab it back as fast as you start to let it go. And we're going to tell you some ideas on how. So that actually happened to me the other day. And yeah. so th- I think that's where I was going. It's like, I'm in that juicy you know, beginning feeling, I still have that completely passionate and madly in love feeling. And yet, you know, a couple of days ago, I could just tell we were both looking at each other with a little bit of like, I hate you. <laughs> and not that we really hate each other, but it was just like, I had momentarily for that day, like gone like, Ugh, like, who are you? And um, that happens. I, and I was like in the past, I wouldn't have had the skills to figure out why I was starting to have that reaction to him. Because remember, you guys, it's like when I'm having that reaction, it has nothing to do with him. It has to do with something that is operating inside of me that's making me look at him that way. Right. And so in the past, I just would have been like, oh, well, I guess, you know, that's it. That part of the relationship's over. And well, now we're on to business. And I would have just started the projecting and the blaming on the partner, which then leads to you know, less love. Less love. Yeah. And the further you go down, the further it is to reclaim it or even believe that it can be reclaimed. And so the other day, it was, and it was, um, I had to just like look at myself and be like, what is it? Like, why, how can I go from one day being madly in love to the next day being so irritated yeah. like I want to punch him in the face? Right? And I'm sure our listeners can hear this and they can, like, oh, I've had that experience. And so, what were some of your insights? Well, what I realized is, okay, I've somehow stopped speaking. I've gone silent Mm. on something. I'm triggered on some type of behavior, some type of pattern, and I'm not speaking up. Mm. And then the more I'm not speaking up, the more it's making me look at him like, it's all your fault, or you're the one doing this to me. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. So, well, one of the, what I realized for is that, you know, he's he's been living in my house right now, and I still have my two boys here, and he sees me every day, like, um, working hard, doing the chores, maintaining the house, doing all this stuff for my kids, my business, and, you know, to him, it's, like, exhausting to watch me because <laughs> there's so much that I do. And he's looking at these two teenage boys, like, and I ask them to do things, and they're teenagers, and they're like, ah, mom, I don't want to do that. You know, they react that way. And in his mind, he's like, go do what your mom says. I mean, not that he would ever say that to them, but in his mind, he's thinking it. And then when he watches me not enforce it with my boys, then, you know, he'll say things like, well, why are you letting them get away with that? And, you know, why do you let them do that? And, you know, and I can, so I feel judged, right? And, but then on the flip side, I'm watching him tell me that he's going to do certain things or pick up certain things around the house, and then they don't happen. And I let him get away with it. And I let, so it's this like, and and he benefits from me not getting upset at him or nagging him or whatever. So on one side, he's putting, not putting me down. He, well, 
maybe judging me for the way I'm operating with my boys. But on the other side, he's doing the exact same thing to me as if he's like another one of my children. Okay. So he's benefiting. Let's pick it apart. apart. Yeah. Okay. So what's happening, you know? And this is just one instance because all of us know there are different ways that we can enter into these breakdowns. In And what it is, is the breakdown of the in loving. It's not the breakdown of the love because Krista knows she still cares about this guy and all that stuff, right? So in comes his judgment. And the second that someone moves into judgment, it almost always kills in loving. A pussy dries up. (laughs) Exactly. And not only does it look like that, it also looks like I don't really want to do anything for you. And then you start noticing, oh, guess what? He's not putting his stuff away. And then you get, you start getting on him and you start to be a little bitchy about it. And then he pulls back and then you pull back. So there's like this mutual pulling back. Right. But what was the very first thing that happened? Somebody started judging each other. Mm, This is a massive way that in love goes away. Because it's because that's the not loving someone. So the minute he stepped into judging me, it was some way I felt like his love for me lessened, or maybe he wasn't respecting me as much, or you know, judging me as a mother or whatever. And then so my defense mechanism swings over and wants to do it back at him. And you're right, the minute. Um, I noticed that judgment part. I did. I was like, I don't want to put his laundry in with my laundry now. It was like these little subtle things that I was like, fuck it. I'm not going to like clean his dish now. Like he can do it. Yeah. And you look for these things. So, you know, some of the, what are the hallmarks of being in love are generosity, abundance, creativity, possibility, all of these really like laughter, joy, all those things are what we're talking about shows up in in love, right? You're surrendered. You're like, whatever happens, it's okay, mm-hmm. right? You're cool. You're easy. You're flexible. You're easy is one of the fun parts. But um, <laughs> you're flexible. But the next thing that happens, when that goes away, all of it goes away, right? So the next I thing— I stepped out of love. Yeah. You're like, I'm not doing your fucking laundry. I'm not, I'm not you know, going to pick up your shoes that are in my way. I'm going to— grumble at you about it. <laughs> I'm gonna and then say. he comes back and says, why are you, why you're being, you know, kind of bitchy? What's happening? Are you having a hard day? Is it, you know, and he, are you he on your period? Exactly. Oh my God. Oh my God. Don't ever like, say no. that. Yeah. And it's so then it, then the frustration builds because it's yeah. like, no, none of those things are true. I'm reacting to, you know, something way back here, you know, three steps before, but the, where when it starts going downhill is when I started changing my behavior and my loving toward him because of feeling judged. Okay, I maybe. stepped out of my loving. Okay, I'm going I'm to throw a little, okay. I don't know, a little thing in here. Fish hook. throw me. I'm going to throw a fish <laughs> hook in here. I'm going to say that whoever, when it starts is when either person starts judging. So, you know, we just talked about how amazing it is when you're in love, Right. Mm-hmm. What is the common denominator is acceptance of the other person. Like, you're the person. You just do whatever the person does, and I'm okay with that. You know, and they do things in their weird way, and they leave stuff around, and they whatever. It's all okay with you. That's the hallmark of in love, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't mean everything, obviously, <laughs> things we've been talking about. <laughs> but in love really is that, you know, patient kind, right? right. Love is patient, love is kind, Right. There's, and that's that other word, Krista, spacious, right? It's super spacious. So the minute 
anyone judges each other, that feeling goes away. So guess who else it could be? It could be you judging yourself. Oh, for sure. Right. So there's like two things because here's where I got caught. So I look at the way I'm operating with my boys and I go, oh, I'm just being really patient and kind with 17-year-old boys and their way of thinking and their stress levels and the things that are going on in their life. Like I'm putting myself in their position and and I can be understanding. And then when I hear his reflection to me of like, you're working your ass off and you don't need to work that hard anymore. And you've got these boys who are capable of doing it. It's like I see his way too. So I'm trying to find this middle ground of how to be like, how to love myself by not letting people take advantage of me and then still feel patient and kind. So, and it's happening. So I love that he's reflecting back to me, hey, why are you putting up with that type of thing? Like you deserve better. So that's a beautiful sentiment, right? And yet he's doing it to me too. Well, let's pay attention. Let's look at this too. <laughs> let's look at this too, because it is possible to give someone feedback when you see them hurting themselves or doing something like, right. he's just like, it, so let's pretend like he has no judgment about this and he's just trying to help you have a better life. So he's like, mm-hmm. my darling, I love you so much. And I hate to see these boys taking advantage of you, right? That's how yes. he talks to you, isn't it? For sure. For sure. And so you could say, then in that moment, you might feel that kind of more gracious energy show up for you. And you're like, wow, my partner loves me so much that he doesn't like me to be they taken advantage that. of. Yeah. So it doesn't trigger that self-judgment, right? But if he says anything that sounds anywhere inside you like it could be judgy, then it's like, aha, I am doing it wrong. There, you know, ego battle begins. I think it's when he, when I also, when I hear the judgment of him toward my boys, because yeah. now I'm going to be like, well, Mama Bear. Yeah, Mama Bear. And also, because then I'll go back to him. I'm like, well, you're doing the same damn thing to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then, he'll, and then he'll go into the, well, now I can't say anything because you just turn it back on me. You know, not, he doesn't really say that, but I can feel that like, there are similarities, and I'm feeling it from both sides, and he's seeing it from both sides. And and this is over what? Like taking laundry, doing but laundry. It's stupid it's stuff, silly. yeah. But this erodes our loving. This erodes yes. it. And I keep wanting to say it really carefully in this way. It doesn't erode love because love can handle anything, but it erodes in love. And God knows when you're not in love, everything is harder, right? right. Everything. So— you know, I've had this saying for a long time. It happened, uh, I guess it happened when I met Alison Armstrong, and she said to me, I want to be in love with everyone in my life every day. Mm. And it just blew my mind because in love, that's a practice. That's a right. that's work in progress. I can walk around bowing to people and be like, love you, love you, I love you, I love you. But to be in love with you, to accept you. So in relationship... It's super tricky because the minute we trigger each other, boom, we're off to the races, right? Right. But so I can't control his, you know, his behavior, his stuff. All I have control over is my way of being with it. So when we had that moment of just like looking at each other, like, you know, complete irritation, it was like, for me, okay, how have I stepped? How have I stepped out of my loving? Why did I do that? What am I not communicating to him? And and it's always, it really, it feels hard, but it's so simple because 
I just had to like go back to him and be like, hey, I'm feeling tender when this happens and this happens. And, you know, it makes me not feel as warm and juicy to you. And and, and I start judging myself. And yeah. And it's like the minute I start talking like that, he always just grabs me and hugs me and is like, we're fine. Like literally, like no big deal. And I, but it's just like, I, for some, you know, I just need to be able to say those things. And the minute he goes like, oh, we're fine. And he grabs me and hugs me. I, just fall head over heels back in love with him like that instantaneously. Yeah, because and that's he's, what happened. Yeah, and you guys are coming back into union. I mean, I think that's that's love is in love is in union with each other. It's like communion. You have to be in the same bubble to be in love. And if anyone is breaking the bubble by judging and by by having some story that the other person should be different or do it differently, with judgment. So it's really okay to say to your partner, I really need some help here. And I noticed that um, you've been leaving stuff around. And for whatever reason, I really need some help. Like I'm kind of working harder and I'm, I need your help. So could you do this and create really good agreements like that? Right. And actually really good agreements do help keep your in loving present because then you're not arguing and niggling with each other about oh, because you cannot keep secrets. Even if the secret is, it hurt my feelings when you, you know, you just can't keep secrets or you're in love goes away. And I think that's a good point because, um, you know, he is still trying to leave the country and move. And so him moving in here was a temporary, like, you know, it was supposed to be like a six week thing. Right. And so there weren't Maybe. really any, <laughs> there weren't really any agreements put in place because it was just like, oh, let's just continue the fun and the bubble and, you know, do this until you leave. And now it's stringing on, but there hasn't really been a renegotiation. Um, so that's um, that's like really that's good probably point, definitely Krista. something that needs to happen because I notice for me when I start feeling taken advantage of mm. that I start getting bitchy and I start doing like the side glances and the sneers and the huffing and puff, you know, the, those type of behaviors. And when I start doing that, he feels like the little kid being punished. Sure. And this is the, you know the same thing that um, Rico Suave felt too. The remember he called me the Punisher. Yeah, and <laughs> so we it, do so that. The, we definitely yeah. do that. And it's because it's a way of me showing that I'm upset instead of just lovingly communicating what's going on for me. It's like right and making a request. Right. So in the past, it's been so scary to make the request. So I just thought, well, if I huff around and if I roll my eyes or I do this behavior, they'll get the hint of what I want. (laughs) And here's the thing, y'all. You know, I think Rico Suave and Mr. Right Here and Out are very similar in that they're like, we don't know what you want. Like, what does that mean? Like, they literally are just like, it doesn't mean anything to them. And I think that it's so clear <laughs> that when I stomp out of the room that I'm, you know, they can tell I'm mad and they're just like, oh, she's having her period. <laughs> they don't connect it to themselves. Right. And that's on me. That's because I'm not communicating what I need. Yeah. And then when they don't respond the way I want, then it builds, the resentment builds, and then the falling out of love, you know. Resentment. Or not the falling out of love, oh. but the, the being in love, you know, it diminishes. So what happened the other day was me, you know, getting better at this, like speaking up. The minute I did that, I gave him the opportunity to embrace it and it was all better. 
It's amazing. So what we're exploring today are like, what are the different things that happen that you, so one of them that we called out right away is this judgment thing, right? Oh my gosh, judging each other. You know, one of my teachers, Ron Holnick from the USM said, um, that if you ever want to fall out of heaven, just have a judgmental thought about anything because it'll bring you down to earth really fast <laughs> and it sometimes hurts a lot. So if you start noticing yourself judging, what do you do? You get in your own story and you're like, break up that story and have a conversation. Now, one of the conversations that you get to have, which Krista just pointed out, was, hmm, we did something that was temporary. Now it's starting to look like we don't know if it's going to be temporary. We need new agreements. Right. Like, okay. And and mm-hmm. really good agreements keep you in love because there's yeah. no bullshit. And the other beautiful thing you were just talking about was being passive aggressive with our partners. Pretending our ego would like to pretend that everything is obvious mm-hmm. and everyone should know and they should be able to read our minds. How many people in relationship believe this? So, so many. Come on, it's obvious. It's obvious that you didn't take the trash out. You know, it's like, what? I don't know what trash? What? The you know, thing so, is, if it was that obvious, they would have done it. Of course. It's not obvious. <laughs> it's not obvious. And, you know, the other thing, other thing that we like to talk about, I certainly do with my clients, is this idea of innocence. Is are mm-hmm. you willing to believe that your partner is innocent? from being malevolent force in your life. They're actually not setting out to piss you off or upset you. So if you look at them um, as innocent, you get to consider the fact that what they're up to makes sense to them, even though it doesn't make sense to you. And that know, you know, that your partner is a whole entirely different person than you are and they're going to do things differently so if you if i think you love them anyways and i think it will and can you love the fact that they're another human being that you don't get to tell everybody what to do all the time like so this is another of a control release right like (laughs) i don't get to tell this person it's our house you know and and maybe you make some agreements like I'm in control of where things go in the kitchen or, you know, things like this. I was doing a wedding the other day. It was so cute, Krista. In their vows, he says, I'm not sure I'll ever be able to promise to wash the nice knives by hand. It was so (laughs) hilarious. It was so cute. But then he did promise to love her for the rest of her life. You know, it was just great. It was one of those things. And so until they have a good agreement about it, it's going to keep kicking up the dust and, and what you're saying up. is it's really interesting because it's these little, I mean, come on, mm-hmm. washing the nice. It's such a silly, silly thing in the scheme of the universe, right? Of love. and of, But it's like, it's so tiny. It's a, But our brain like grabs it and like makes it into this thing that becomes bigger or that can become bigger than our loving. And, yep. and then it snowballs, and then it's not just the knives, it's the fork. <laughs> it's like, so this was, this was the thing, Krista, too. We were talking about innocence, right? If you believe your partner is actually innocent when they don't do the knives, then you say to them, hey, did you forget that I wanted you to do the knives this way? It really right. is important to me. Instead of if you think they're being an asshole about it, then you're like, right. hey, I asked you three times. Oh, as if it's an attack against you, like they're not doing it your way. Just disrespect, to get back at you. 
or they're disrespecting right. you, or if your man feels disrespected because you do something in his car that he hates. <laughs> that has happened to me. And um, I kind of snuck. He hates it when I come all over his car. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, I um, snuck some chocolate in my partner's car oh, once. No. This was a while ago. And, um, of course, I dropped some oh, on the seat. And it was like, oh, God, do you want to talk about a disrespect attack? I was like, oh, my God, I think we're going to break up over chocolate, you know. <laughs> and let's be clear, if he would have done that in your car, yes, you would have broken up. <laughs> no, yeah, probably. See, oh, that's such a great point, is that what we're upset about is our thinking the other person is doing what we would be doing, right? So. Right. If I've been in Catherine's car before, and she's got a lot of rules, and she's very clean, she's got a lot of ways in which <laughs> where, where things need no to be. Way. Yeah, huh? I do. You do. Wow, good to know. I'll tell Mister Delicious um, that uh, <laughs> I understand him one. a little bit better. <laughs> And maybe that's because in my car, it's like I'm so close to all the kids' ears and the juice boxes and the chips that my cars are just like disasters. And, you know, so when I get into your car and it's like an adult car and it has, you know, it's like clean and you wash it every week and you take care of it. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. It is cute. But things like that can really, even just cleaning your car or all those things can get in the way. So let's see. So we're talking about how to, so one of the things that you alluded to that was really important was how fast you fix it is a really important thing, too. Yeah. Because if you leave hurt feelings out there too long, they start to fester, and then they keep, then they bump into the next one and the next one, and then it's like we're fighting all the time. I'm using air quotes. Yeah. Right? Starts to happen because you haven't actually resolved the very first thing you needed to say, which is, I need to make a different agreement about laundry. Right. And I think he was actually feeling that, too, by the time it got to that, though, that, like, kind of like, well, you've been upset all month. You know, he kind of, like, threw out that. And he's like, I didn't really mean it that way, but I think it was this, you know, growing irritation on my part of trying to manage the whole house and not feeling like I was getting the help and then being judged that I wasn't claiming that I needed the help. You know, there was – and so finally I was just – yeah, it had gotten to that level where it was, like, steaming out of me and he was starting to feel it. Mm. and in love temporarily. Right. And so it's so great, though. What if we stop telling ourselves the story that in love can be broken, Mm -hmm. and we start— like, I've heard so many people say, oh, you have six months to 18 months before the in love period goes away, and then the work begins. Like, Krista, you actually said that. (laughs) Uh, Almost like that at the beginning of the show. And I'm like, that's a crock of crocks. I don't believe it now. I've— believed it in all of my past relationships. So then when it started happening, I was like, oh, well, that's just what happens. It's like right. you get, I've been resigned to that's what happens. Right. And that's what I'm saying is you were pointing out that place. And what I want to say is, no, no, no. That's just because there have been enough, what did you call it? What would we call those? Enough little like insurrection moves that haven't got cleaned up. And not and- enough erection moves. There you go. There you go. I love how you think, Krista. Not and what it and it absolutely affects your sex life. So a lot of people, a lot of I've noticed this in my work with couples. Maybe I don't know if you'll have seen this in your life, Krista, but in love equals a really nice sexual relationship that works for you. So it can be 
a loving sexual relationship. It can be a tantric sexual relationship. It can be a wild sexual relationship. Whatever it is that works for both of you, if, if you're in love, that happens naturally. It's an extension of spending time mm-hmm. in each other's presence without resentment, mm-hmm. without all those little niggles, right? We just learn to cope without being in love, and we should never learn that. Well, the coping, right, is the minute we're sacrificing, which is the minute exactly. the relationship starts going under. Right. But and I'm just like kind of looking at this, how we allow these little things yeah. in life to take over the loving. And it's just, I, I don't know why that's sticking out to me. Because, I mean, it's nothing that we haven't heard. We hear about people getting irritated about, you know, the trash or the, you know, <laughs> taking out the trash or cleaning Toilet the house. Seat. Like, simple thing. Yeah, it's like those are such silly things, and yet over and over and over we allow those things to build up, and instead of just saying the thing, yeah, say the thing so that you can get back to the loving, and say the thing and make an agreement about it. And and here's the other piece of that, Krista, too, because that's a you know saying the thing is important because it increases your intimacy and Mm -hmm. opening yourself up and being vulnerable, and. The second part is your partner has to care. Your partner has to want you to be happy. So one of the problems is when you get in a pattern of judging each other, your partner stop giving a hoot about yeah. you because you aren't giving a hoot about them. And there's this sort of tension. So we want to eradicate the tension. The tension is like bad stuff. And only you can do that. And It has to start with you doing it. Exactly. So that- you change your behavior, then then they can start receiving you differently. And what is the exact opposite of telling the truth of, Chris and I have talked to you guys a lot about risking your relationship for truth, right? Mm-hmm. So you ha- she has to tell Mr. Here and Now, I have to tell Mr. Delicious that, you know, something's not working for me, mm-hmm. cleaning the knives, for instance, <laughs> might also happen in my house. But... I have to say that it's not working, and I have to say in a respectful way and ask for help because we're all like these really weirdly specific humans who have things that bother us. But when the other person meets us and wants to make us happy, it's like, oh, I can do that. Now, you might have to remind me. You might, you know, (laughs) I might ask, I might need something from you too. And we've talked about this, but if you don't tell someone, you're going to start to hate them. And I think the energy with which we tell them, too, it's like, sure. where's the humor? Where's the levity <laughs> and all of this? It's like, you know, and, and I think I did a good job of bringing that humor back in when we we did move through our moment. It was just like, you know, get giggly, get silly, tickle. Like, it doesn't have to be these big, heavy, dark agreements. You know, you can still make an agreement from a place of having fun with it and being playful with it. And, um yeah, like, because I sometimes I think if the agreements feel too heavy, it can carry a little line of shame, like mm-hmm. shaming the other person behind it. And it's like, can we just, and when we're shaming them, we're not loving them fully. No, we're no. Because we're trying it's to change judging, them in yeah. some way. We're in judgment. So, you know, can we just have like a little bit more fun and be like, oh my God, I realized that um, the reason I was getting so prickly is because, you know, I think I'm looking at you as like you're one more kid in my household. Like, you know, so if just you're when I'm over parenting, 
Exactly. Just when I'm over parenting, you step in, I get to parent you. So um, if you keep doing that, then I'm going to have to start spanking you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, you know, I was using kind of that kind of humor and it just dissipated the the stickiness between us. And Yeah. yeah. That's that's great. That's great, Krista. <laughs> that is a, such a great way to do it. The other thing, though, is we do sometimes have to really make very serious agreements with each other about things. And we also have to ask each other to stick to them because that's the building of the trust. And trust is another one of those things that we will need to have in place for in love. When we're in love in those first few months, we see the person as completely trustworthy. We just put ourselves out there. We just give it to them. We're just like, here, we're here. We give everything to you because we trust you because you love me and I love you. And it feels so good. And it's all happening simultaneously, right? Yeah. If people break our trust over and over, that will deteriorate in love. And if we don't fix it quickly, for instance, um, being late, can be a real ah. trust. It can be a real trust. Hello, butter. Argentina. Hello, <laughs> Mr. Delicious. We have had some go rounds with being late, and mm-hmm. it's it's a really tricky thing for women. One of the things we know is safety is one of our most important ways that we feel in love. Once we're yeah. safe, our bodies can open. We can be fluid. We can be all juicy and delicious, and you know, make out in the kitchen and like. All that, right? But if we feel like we can't trust you, yeah, then we got a problem. And that's where our agreements have to be really clear. Guys have to understand that. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, for me, I'm kind of writing, I'm I'm finding myself in this middle ground where it's mm-hmm. like, I am trying to, um, I am very rule oriented and schedules and be on time and do what you say you're going to do and very Capricorn and like strict <laughs> and structured. I like that. It makes me feel safe. Right. Yeah. And yet the last three men I've been with have been free form and out of the box and no structure and all. So it's, I keep calling these personalities to me. So I know it's this place in which I'm trying to loosen my structure a bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm having a ton of growth in that direction. And I'm I'm actually now to the point where I'm having a lot of fun with it. And I'm seeing the benefit of letting go of so much of that rigidness. And um, so in that, though, is then trying to find my place of safety and trust yeah. with Mr. Right Here, Right Now. Because, you know, being on time doesn't mean the same thing to him something like it's completely different, right? So he doesn't want to be in the box and structure and all that. That makes him have the hives and makes him feel like his freedom is being taken away. And so we've had to come to this place of like, how can we, you know, both get our needs met, you know, and how can he come into a little bit more structure and how can I come into a little bit more free form so that we can both breathe? (laughs) Exactly. And that is, that's what I meant. You have to take these things seriously because you do have needs and they do need to be met and you can't have your partner meeting all your needs. And this is an interesting distinction that I've been making inside myself, which is, so a lot of people talk about one of the best ways to make the best in love partnership is to is to commit to making your partner the number one priority in your life, and then they commit to making you the number one priority Mm -hmm. so that you're making each other. What does it do? It takes you out of your ego. It takes you out of your me, 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 I'm first, I need everything. And 
in the past, um, and in our culture in the last, I'd say, 20 years, there's been a movement about you matter, you need to be first, especially for women who've been so far behind getting our needs met and martyr complexes, right? So now what we're seeing is me, me, me is taking kind of too high a voice and Almost now it becomes narcissistic. It's like exactly, all yeah. And so you know, it's interesting because we're spiritual. You guys know it, so we're not hiding it. There's um, in the and and it's not attached to religion, but there are some things from Christianity from my childhood that show up. And the one is that in the New Testament, which is called the Good News, <laughs> um, the the second commandment that Jesus says, "This is the one." is love thy neighbor as thyself. So not more than yourself, not less than yourself. It's as yourself means love your neighbor as the way, as if they were yourself. Like that's what those words Mm -hmm. sound like. Oh, oh, love my neighbor. So love my man as if he was myself. Oh, well, then I can do everything for that person because I know that person is the receptacle of me. Like it's it's a little complex, but all it means is neither of you get your needs met ahead of each other. It's always that you're getting your needs met together. And that is another piece of this in love conversation is have you ever noticed how smooth that is when we're in love? Mm-hmm. It's like you need more sleep and he just knows how to be with that. And it's just gentle and it moves and we don't have like big, big things or. Well, I keep saying to myself all the time, it's like when I'm getting in these like little stressed or irritated, you know, moments, the sentence I've been using is, can I love him anyways? Mm. And it's just this way of reminding myself, like, can he be late all the time? And can I just love him anyways? You know, can he leave a pile of clothes there and can I just giggle and love him anyways? Like, are those things really worth destroying all of this deliciousness we have together? And like, when I think of it that way, it's just like, it's it's just not even worth it. Who cares? Yeah. (laughs) Like, literally, who cares? Who cares? And it's really, who cares? We really look at it. But the issues are deeper because we feel disrespected. We make up that we're being disrespected. Make a story. The stories are the thing that drive our emotion. It's like something happens, he's late. Means nothing, he's just late. To to but in this to case me, means it nothing. means I can't trust him. I can't, you know, he so doesn't So add love the me. story, <laughs> stir it up and we get, you know, violence. Right. <laughs> so, you know, and and violence can look like just being mean to each other, right? Yeah. And there is no love in that. And so, you know, what we're really saying today, and we could drag this out because there's probably 50 ways to do this, so we're going to have to do a second uh, one of these. But we really wanted to say today is it's possible. There are many, many ways to stay in love a lot longer than 6 to 18 months, possibly, <laughs> if you think about it, forever. And are you willing to try some of the strategies that we've thrown out here today that we've tried that have kept us both in love in our relationships, in our partnerships? And um, it means a deep commitment to ownership, a deep commitment to owning your shit, forgiving it, and remaining in the love. Really, really true. And you know the reason to do it above all else? Hot sex. Oh, there's that. We did talk about that. (laughs) But the reason to do it 
is because your life will flourish, and so will everyone's life around you, your children, your family, the world around you. Every When you walk through the world in love, you know how it feels. It's the Mm -hmm. best feeling ever. So bring it back to yourself over and over every day. That's all we're saying. You got the power. Stop being a bitch. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Or baby, or, you know, all our judgmental words that we could use, you know? And uh, instead, let's just be like, wow, I stepped out, and I'm going to step right back in. in. Yeah. All right. I love it. I love it, too. And we love you. All right, you guys. Spread Spread the the love.